Um, I think everybody kind of just kind of shared their success stories, but very few share the journey to get there. And I think that's where the beauty lies. It lies in the everyday. It lies in the in the in the real. Really, that's uh, I think that's the best way I can describe it. But it's just being human, really. Just being human. From somewhere around the world, welcome to the Black Women Travel Podcast. Hi, my name is Wanda Duncan, and I'm so glad you're joining me as we explore the paths of Black women who've made travel a large part of their lives. Welcome to the show. Hey loves, it's Wanda, the host of the Black Women Travel Podcast. I'd like to invite you to become a patron of the Black Women Travel Podcast. There are a few budget-friendly tiers you can choose from so that as a community, we can continue to heal, ask for what we deserve, get it, and inspire the next generation. Tap the link in the show notes and choose a monthly contribution that suits you. I'm so excited about the episodes you'll hear that will nudge you to love yourself deeper and take more action in your life from that empowered place. Please consider becoming a monthly subscriber through patreon.com slash bwtpod. Get ready to hear another great episode. Thank you so much for joining us. Can you please tell us your name, where you're from, your current location, and the name of your business? Thank you so, so much for having me. Um, my name is Pelumi Nubi. I was born in Lagos, Nigeria, and I am currently based in London. And my brand name is called Black Kintsugi. I wanted to ask you about, about uh, Black Kintsugi. So... That is the Japanese art. Um, some folks are familiar with it. It's uh, mending broken pottery with gold, silver, or platinum. What does what Sugi mean to you? Very good question. Um, I came across Kintsugi, I think, about three years ago, um, and it just kind of resonated with me. Um, like you said, it is a Japanese word. Um, it means to mend with gold, Um and usually in the society in which we live in, we tend to, once we, you know, use item, we tend to just like throw them away. Or when something is broken, we just kind of like, it just loses value. But in terms of Kintsugi kind of transformed that and actually by something being broken or being um, scarred is actually increased in value because it's mended with this, you know, precious substance like gold. Um, and I've always said, for me personally, kintsugi, um, travel is the kintsugi of life, is the way in which we're able to mend and heal and, you know, have common goals and like, you know, share it. And it just has so many levels to it. For example, in in, in our society, we're kind of taught to always like, you know, hide um, our scars and just, you know, present the most perfect self. But with Kintsugi, it actually highlights the cracks. He highlights the imperfection. And I just I just really love that as a philosophy of life to always um, just go that you might not be perfect, but you are worthy to be in that space you're in. 
Um, so yeah, so that's kind of how it was birthed and through travel, I've just been able to really enjoy, um, the essence of it. So yeah, that's Kintsugi for me. (laughs) So, um, in one of your posts, you talk about your uncle being a traveler like yourself, but it sounds like overall you don't really come from a traveling family, like a traveling background. Um, I... I would say my traveling kind of was self-initiated. Um, I definitely had to relocate from Lagos, Nigeria to to London. Um, that was kind of my big um, move or travel. Um, my mom is a traveler. Um, she does like to explore. Um, but obviously, just because of circumstances in terms of like, you know, how the family set up and everything, she hasn't been able to travel as much. So I kind of, you know, travel and I kind of um, get like fridge magnets for her and stuff like that. She loves that. Um, <laughs> but yeah, my uncle, my late uncle, um, may so rest in peace, was actually a traveler. So he's, he, he went all over China, the whole world, like he, he really got his boots on and explored. So yeah, but my dad is 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 travelphobic. Like he really is a homebody. It doesn't like going anywhere. <laughs> um, but yeah, we when I won't say my family's are travel. We do travel, but we're not like on the road kind of people. So yeah, I'm kind of the first to really you know go for it the way I am. And you talk about your experience that then uh, you described it as being uprooted. You said you were uprooted from home at four mm. years old. Um, you don't really call anywhere home per se. You come to recognize home not as a place, but as a feeling. You feel at home in your journey. What would you say that journey? Yeah. Mm-hmm. What, what would you say that journey um, is? Hmm, that's a very good question. Um, I I use the word uprooted intentionally because I did not know I was gonna be you know become based in UK. I remember leaving. I think it was yeah, it was my tent, but the um the summer of my tent, but there, and we were meant to just go to the states to see my auntie and you know return back to school to continue um my year six or my um, sixth grade, and from from going to the states we stand you know okay have, we have another auntie in the uk we'll go visit her and then you know spending some time with her she's like you know what you can actually you know enroll in school and you know start a whole new life there obviously with the right documentation and everything that's kind of how it happened so it was like voila i'm in the uk um so that's kind of how it happened and i felt it was almost like an uprooting because I never knew I was never going to go back to Nigeria. And I did not go back for another good couple of years. Um, so it was was a bit sad because, you know, with movement, you always kind of want to say goodbyes to, to those, you know, friendship and all of that stuff. Um, but, yeah, I think, I think it was – I always describe it as an operation because it wasn't something I – knew about or had planned even at a young age you kind of still want to say those goodbyes um but as you mentioned earlier my concept of home has very much changed um since then um i i was having a conversation with a friend and you know we we're talking about what do i do when things get tough do i you know stay put or do i actually you know in quotes run away 
Um, and I told him I, I go home. But in his mind, he thought, you know, it was a, a place, but it was just the road. To, the road for me is home, is the, is the exploring of self, is the exploring of self-resilience, the exploring of who I am as a being. Um, and yeah, I've just been able to have so many valuable connections with people all over the world that I won't trade for anything um, at all. So yeah, the journey of becoming really is kind of like, who am I as a person? What legacy do I want to leave behind? And all of that, you know, beautiful stuff, all package in one. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm on this journey and, you know, it's almost like the Kintsugi effects. It's never this one process. It's always kind of continuous. Um, so you kind of transition to many phases. So at first is the healing phase, then is the beautification phase, then it's the, you know, advocacy. So like voicing out people's, um, life and trying to, you know, put a voice to it. Um, so I've just found myself kind of translating or, or transitioning, sorry, that's the word, through different kind of phases, really. So, yeah, that's the journey to me. That is quite the experience. It is. <laughs> Leaving home on a vacation at 10 and then being like, oh, she could stay. And then, like, you never going back for Basically. years. Like, that's... <laughs> I, I think, I think that that has... Yeah, I was just going to ask, how do you think that has impacted your life? Um, I would say... Uh, I would say it's very much taught me that things could suddenly change. Um, I try to enjoy the moment because I kind of know anything could happen in the moment. Like... I legit was just going on a summer holiday <laughs> and all of a sudden I'm in a school, the only black female. Um, yeah, like it's just, it's just very wild how things can change so quickly. So I try to be present and that's what traveling does for me as well. I think in us, in the side that we live in, we are very much quite, um, passive living like you know you find yourself driving from home to work without even realizing how you did it like it's just so automated but when I'm travel when when I travel when I'm in a new space I'm forced to just be there because it can all change in a moment you're you're forced to actually connect and and actually be present in that newness of things so yeah I think that's kind of impacted me just appreciating the moment appreciating what I have because I know it could all it could all change <laughs> without having a say in it um but yeah it's 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 good I don't, I don't I don't see it as a negative thing to be honest you also talk about leaving a legacy hmm. and I wanted to ask you uh, you had a post where you were reflecting on death and you were like, you know, death can touch any one of us at any time. And then you ask some really provocative questions mm. um, to make one consider like how they spent their time. Mm. And so I wanted to ask you about that legacy. What legacy do you see yourself leaving? I see myself leaving quite a few. Um, Legacy to me is very important. I think it's kind of when you're gone, the stories that are told about you. 
and it's nothing to do with the service you made towards yourself rather to those life you were able to touch in the process. And I've been able to express this or to start leaving legacy right from now by, you know, doing things like voluntary services or like, you know, I'm big on the water project. I feel water is so essential and every community should have it. So I'm, you know, I collaborate with a lot of um, kind of charities um, I feel education is important. So I have, I have sponsored kids to go to like, um, to school. Um, I, I remember my last trip to Uganda, I actually sponsored two kids and it was like, just these things that people might not never be able to say thank you for, but you've know that you've kind of impacted and changed the, the momentum of, of people's life. And I, and I think a life that is of service will be what I want to be known for. Um, I've always said that if your goals, if your vision are all about you, then they are way too small. Like they should scare you. They should be, you want to change, change the world in a way. So, um, like for example, I'm in the science industry as well. So I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a cancer researcher and that's another legacy I want to leave behind. I might never find the cure, but I do want to have some impact in the research field and in the, you know, forefront of it so it's just just making those little things I always say the small things sometimes I grow the bigger ones is those little little change you just kind of put in place and with the with the intention of just making someone's life a little bit better that's I would say that's my legacy so you're actually doing getting a PhD in cancer research right I am I am and human genetics Mm-hmm. And uh, you're set to finish that this year, 2019, right? 2020, next 2020. year. 2020. Oh, okay. You never know with PhDs. <laughs> oh, well, true. <laughs> I can't give you 13 months, but, you know, fingers crossed. Pray for me. I need all the prayers I can get. Um, but, yeah, I'm, I'm hoping to finish, you know, the write-up and thesis um, by the summer of 2020. So, yeah, that would be exciting. <laughs> What is it like being a black woman in that space? Um, I, funny enough, my recent post was actually about that. Um, I think there's not enough of us. Um, for example, I'm the only black person in my whole department. Um, so I've gone to conferences that I'm the only black females. And um, it's very, very easy to feel inadequate, feel like you're a fraud. Like, you know, I remember the first couple of months I was in my, um, I was in my PhD and I, for the longest of time, I just thought I only got the post because I was the only one who applied for it. Like there was absolutely no way, um, I'm deserving of this. And I remember one time my supervisor came in and she had the favor to ask for something like that. And I was like, yeah, sure, no problem. And she was like, oh, thank you so much. I'm so glad we picked you. And I was like, oh, wait, I was picked? Like there were other people that applied for this stuff? Like, so imposter syndrome is very much real in this space. Um, But it's just me having to tell myself all the time that, once I find myself in that in a room or in a space, I am deserving of it. I I try to own my success and just like um just know that I I I am with I am where I'm meant to be and you know it wasn't just handed to me or 
by, I don't know, some weird fate or whatever. So yeah, I, I definitely think imposter syndrome is real in this space as a black person. Um, but I just, I try to keep my head high and just, you know, <laughs> go with the flow really. So you reflecting on your worthiness is something specifically that helped you to face that, to say, no, I deserve to be here. Like it's fine that I'm here. Um, for you, uh, I was reading yeah. about your experience in Barcelona and you were just like, yeah, <laughs> mm-hmm. I don't know what I'm doing here. This is a mistake. <laughs> that is true. I remember texting a friend of mine, like, I'm just like, they're going to bust me. I don't know what the hell I was thinking. Like, I was just thinking, they're going to be like, um, excuse me, ma'am, are, are you in the wrong conference? Like, I bought a ticket. Like, I was invited. Like, I, I am meant to be here. But I don't know. At that moment, my brain was just like, these people are hell of smart. And I ain't stupid either. Right. Like, you know. I ain't stupid. <laughs> I, 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 Hello? <laughs> I ain't. I ain't. You know. <laughs> you got to remind yourself. That's why I kind of say um, only your success. Um, like, you know, for me to do this PhD, I had to get a first class um, in my undergrad. I didn't do a master's, so I kind of got fast tracked. Um, so I'm 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 deserving of this space. So it's just reminding myself of those things and getting people that will remind you because you get moments you forget and you need those friends that are like what the hell are you on about? Like, please, girl. <laughs> um, so yeah, and that's exactly what my friend said. She was like. Please, please, can you just just focus on the conference? Like, what are you talking about? Um, but yeah, it's it's nice to have those cheerleaders around you. Yeah, but I guess it comes from the inside first. Hmm. I agree. I agree. So you said next year when you finish your PhD, you want to mm-hmm. go to your most coveted city, which is Tokyo. Yes. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> it's been my dream place. <laughs> um, like I said, I'm obsessed with the Japanese culture. Yeah, you are fascinated by Japanese culture. So what oh what what do you want to experience there? Because I'm sure like you were Pinterest or whatever. Um, <laughs> However you dream of these places is like covered in Japan. I I want to experience the 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 newness of like Tokyo, I think they are so advanced in terms of like technology and all of that. I'm a little geek as well. So I just want to see how the system work. I, I've heard a lot of like stories about that. So I do want to have the city experience, but what I really crave for is like the stillness and the tranquility of just being still. Um, I think for a long time, I've just been on the go, go, go. And I think that's kind of what I need um, to, to transition to the next phase of my life. Um, so I am looking forward to just that culturally immersive experience. I think I'll try and stay with the local and, you know, really enjoy the culture. I think they're very forgiving and they're very open to being the best version of yourself. And I just want to be that. So yeah, I'm excited by a lot of things. I I just I think it's been a dream come true, and I cannot wait. Like it to be a one way ticket. I don't know when I'll be coming back, <laughs> but yeah, it's it'll be great. I'm excited for that. It's 
It's really funny to me you say you want to go to Tokyo to experience stillness. Because I'm pretty sure that's, why, that's not why anyone <laughs> goes no, no. to Tokyo. No, that's why I said. That's why I said I want to go to the to Tokyo for like the the technology and stuff like that. I definitely oh, would then okay, move okay. to another part of Japan to experience the stillness. No, I don't think there's stillness in Tokyo. Then <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you just talked about. Um, being a forgiving people and such. And I just wonder how you connect that with like the really high suicide rate they have. Um, that's a very interesting... <sighs> I think we'll never understand it because we are not part of the... Uh, we'll always be outsiders looking in. I think... I'm not sure I'm able to comment on that because I really don't know what they are daily life is um from my perspective in terms of you know some key stuff like wasabi or you know um okintsugi i feel is it gives people a second chance in a way it tells it 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 teaches of you know um newness and the chance to not just see things from the negative perspective so i personally might be biased because i'm very optimistic you know, with life in general. Um, well, in terms of like the suicide rate, I think it's definitely something to do with probably like the city life and the pressure people might be facing. Um, but I honestly don't know if I'm able to comment any further on that. Okay. I, I just don't know. It's just, I think um, something, a lot of things that are well known about a, a culture, I think are also telling the culture. So as much as Kintsugi has, has gotten around, so has, uh, suicide and yes it is like outside looking in I think that a lot of time especially mm. younger generations are telling the stories and those stories are they mm. absolutely have to be out there of people sharing about why they feel the need to take their own lives um yeah things are not as under wraps as they might have once been you know, the internet has opened up a way for people to share their stories. Um, so I just think that that, that, that side of it is also very interesting. Yeah. And I, I, I'm, I'm a strong believer of, you know, voicing out the things that people gloss over. Um, so that could be a project I can, you know, take up when I'm, I'm out there and actually, you know, have this dialogue and have these conversations um, with the locals and actually see see it from their point of view because, like I said, right now I'm kind of like from the outside. I I don't really know um, what you know the thinking behind it or the you know what could influence it. Um, but yeah, I think I think those those conversations need to be had and um, yeah. Um, traditions seem to be very important to you. What are some traditions that you practice in your life? Ooh, that's very interesting. Traditions are big, and I'm glad you picked up on that. Um, I that's a very interesting question. Traditions that I practice, I try to always go for a, a yearly retreat. Um, Usually a staycation, so there's not a lot of planning around it. Where I kind of usually towards because for the end of my birthday is um is December thirty first, 
So it's a New Year thing. There's the whole transition going on. So just a couple of days before before my birthday, I tend to like go for like a little retreats, you know, get off social media, get off my phone. And not actually planning for the new year, like in calendar wise, but actually like my whole new year birthday wise as well. Um, so I'm big on that tradition. I'm, I'm big on family traditions as well. We tend to have um, get togethers, doing special, you know, birthdays, Easter's, things like that. So I, I don't miss family family get together for anything. Like I will cancel flights, plans, anything just to be there. Um yeah, I'll say those are the kind of two that just kind of pop in my head straight away. Um, but I have like little traditions, like, you know, money routines and, you know, just things that keep me grounded and just being present. Um, for your um, retreats that you do, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, you said you like to reflect, recalibrate and remember your why. Um, mm-hmm. And you emphasize resting. And say um, mm. you just want to spend time with yourself. So, you, like you said, you're not really on your phone, and you want to get down back to your values and your core beliefs. Not get back, but like maybe immerse yourself in them. It sounds like, yeah. So, I wanted to yeah, ask. That's you, the one. Yeah, uh, I wanted to ask you, like, what what is your why? What are your values? What are your core beliefs? Um. I will say, funny enough, I always thought they had to be fixed or set, uh, but I'm finding as I'm getting older, they're kind of changing, not drastically, but they do change in terms of, you know, what I once thought was important and no longer as important. Um, In terms of, like, my why, like I said earlier on, I feel it's is to voice out, I'm very big on storytelling and like, you know, telling the stories of people that will not originally be able to tell it or, you know, either amplifying the narrative or retelling the story. Um, So you see me going to places like Eastern Europe because there's just this one set narrative, black people don't go to Eastern Europe. And I had to question that, like, why? Why don't they? Like, what's so wrong about eastern europe um and i'm just i'm i'm trying to open up that dialogue and show people and i remember going to albania and just doing a whole um, series of stories and you know i had a couple of people book flights to visit themselves because they're just like this is not what we thought this is not what the media portrayed this is not you know what we've heard like you've had the fantastic time we're going to and they went and they had fantastic feedback and I just think it would be like a ripple effect from there so I think my why is just kind of like challenging the status quo like you know is this really what it is or is there more to it as as it is um my values is just to be to be to be of worth, like to be of service. I always say a life without service is is not worth living because you've just lived for yourself. Like you've not left a legacy, you've not done anything. Um, so Leah, I think a life of service, I really value, and that's one of my love languages as well, or probably my most, uh, like, um, the act of service. If you do stuff for me, oh my God, I'm, I'm, I'm head over heel for you. Um, but yeah, I just feel like people, we just, 
we live in a society where it's just me, 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 me. And once people are able to break out of that and actually go, what can I do for you? How can I be of service? How can I help? Um, people really do need help a lot of time. And it might not even be something big, like just a small word of conversation or a word of encouragement. So just, you know, a smile, a hug, like you would, you would never know how far it goes. Um, so yeah, I, I, it, it's, it's that I'll say just just be good and do good. <laughs> um, you said that someone told you, or maybe not just someone. Uh, you were sharing an experience of someone saying you're so weird or you're so white. Okay. Um, you were talking about traveling as a black person in Eastern Europe, and like that's not something that's done. Oh yeah. Part of your why is to challenge the status quo. So I want you to talk mm-hmm. a little bit more about that. Um, mm-hmm. They'd say, like, you're so weird for randomly flying mm-hmm. to Australia just because. Um, and you talk about in the travel world being typecast um, as white because of the way that you mm-hmm. seem to explore the world you're in. So can you talk a little bit about that? Um, you said that those, those types of stereotypes of blackness, they limit mm-hmm. growth and they put us in danger. What are your ideas about that, please? Um... You're very right. I I have always kind of been been almost seen as an Oreo. Um, so they, I've got comments like, "Oh, you're so white. Like, why do you do that? Like, why do you ride the bike? You know, like." <laughs> and I'm just like, I feel the moment we start boxing us into black people cannot or black people can, it's it's very like I said, it's very dangerous. It's very limiting and very restrictive and I refuse to just be restricted by someone else's opinion of what I should or shouldn't be doing with my own life. So I have found ways to just challenge that, you know, um, black people don't swim. I swim perfectly fine. Um, black people don't travel, black people don't do that. It's almost like I'm going through a list of (laughs) proving everyone else is wrong. Um, but yeah, I, I just think that we need to stop you know, saying we cannot as a people, you know, you cannot because you will face. I I, I understand. I, I definitely see the other side of it in terms of like, you know, people experiencing racism and things like that. But I always say if we don't go to these places, if we don't explore these places, we'll always be, be, we'll always be seen as different. We'll always be seen as the intruder. But, you know, there are places that we've, we've once where, new to it for example london so we're once new to this place but london's become quite you know multi-diverse there's so many other people here um so just going to these new places and just exploring it and just you know saying we have a right um to be here as much as any other person so yeah that's kind of how i've kind of moved forward from that so it's definitely um been something I've just thought, you know what, just go for it. And I've just found ways to to do that, really. I love that because you say that traveling, you said that traveling is the intensity of life. So it's mending and enriching and fulfilling, Mm. fulfilling for you. You say that you find more good than bad in people uh, Mm. who travel. And so I, I can see you not wanting Mm -hmm. to limit yourself because you never know who you'll become when you open yourself up to 
those different places, right? I agree with you. I honestly agree with you. You cannot restrict the healing process. You can't go, you know, it's like a clay being molded. The clay cannot then turn around and go, no, you know, mold me this way, mold me that way. Like it just kind of sits there and let it, let the, you know, potter does do, do his job. Um, so yeah, that's kind of how I see it. I think it's, it's experiences that need to go through you. And once we start putting boundaries and restriction and, you know, you can be careful, you can be, you know, be safe. But I feel in terms of like interaction and human, like traveling has really restored my faith in humanity. Like I've been in, you know, some difficult situation and people have just been so kind and you're just like, you really did not have to. <laughs> like you really did not have to. Like very mundane one was when I was in, um, what was it called? Where was this? Athens in Greek in Greece. Um, we were doing a walking tour. It was hot. Um, the mother nature decided decide to visit me at the same time. I was dizzy. I thought I was gonna pass out. And this my walking tour guide, like it was the end of the tour. She could have just been like, you know, take some water, keep hydrated, you know, bye, I'm done with my job. But she actually walked, I think a 15 minutes walk back and forth to the pharmacy, got me some painkillers, came back with water, put me in a taxi, called me hourly to check up on me, make sure I was okay. You know, like things she did not have to do, like at all. So, you know, this kind of like experiences really just make you go, they're really good people out there and I will never, and from there on we've, we've kept in touch, you know, she's come to London, I've met up with her. Um, so you just make long life friends that I'll, people I've, I know I will never have met. Um, I have been able to be friends with them just by traveling and, and that's exciting. I was with you on the clay example, but I am not with you on if you were to switch that hair. The clay is going to go... <laughs> The clay can tell you which way it wants to go. Hair is going to tell you which way it wants to go. <laughs> so, I guess it's not You have been hardcore traveling for like two years. Yeah. Um, you say you didn't come, like you all didn't travel a lot, a lot, sounds like. Uh, you originally had a goal to do 30 countries by the age of 30, you are mm-hmm. not yet 30, and you've done 30 countries. Yeah, I'm going to be 25. A little over in... a year. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> but overachiever. Oh, yeah, you know, it's a Nigerian thing. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I'm going to be 25 in December, um, and I will also be marking my 60th country, 60th. Um, so I'll be going to Iceland to celebrate my my 25th birthday and my 60 country. Um, I did not know I was going to have done so many. If you told me, you know, a couple of years back, I would have done so many. I would have said, well, like you're crazy. Um, and the way that has happened is, is almost like a snowball effect with traveling. Once you go once or twice, um, it kind of just happens like, you know, and the fact I don't, I, I do a lot of solo travel. Um, I kind of don't wait around for people to say, Oh, you ready? Let's book this. Like it's, it's, I would have probably gone to like probably a quarter of where I've been to if I had to wait for, for someone to go with me. Um, so I've definitely, 
is is just exploring my local and that's why I always tell people like you know I'm not jetting off to Bali every other week like it's just it's not possible um but I am quite blessed I have a privileged passport um I don't have to really worry about visa when it comes to like a lot of countries um so exploring within Europe the border is quite open it's very easily accessible and that's my biggest advice to anyone who wants to start traveling start local start with your own city your next door city and just expand from there and you know I've just been 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 blessed to really just sometimes you know opportunity just comes to you and you're just like you know we'll go for it like my trip to India it was um I was in university and I just saw like a poster and I remember telling my family, like, I'm going to India. And they're like, what the hell? <laughs> and I was like, I ain't asking for flight money. I'm just telling you I'm going. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> and then, like, I'm just letting you know. And, I, <laughs> and that's kind of how it works for me. Like, you know, I, I, and I think, you know, for the longest of time, I've always had to ask permission. So one thing I do suffer from is dyslexia, which is a learning difficulty. And, you know, I always have to get things edited and I always have to um, almost need somebody's consent before I proceed. So before a submission, I have to send to a friend. They have to look through it. I can't just like submit by myself. Um, So when it came to traveling, this was one thing I could do without needing anybody, you know. And, you know, I, I was speaking to this, to a friend, you know, and I came to that realization. Maybe that's one reason I really like it because it was just something I could do without relying on, you know, somebody else to, to, to be part of it. Um, if you want to come along, I'm happy, but if you ain't, I'm going still. Um, so yeah, it's, it's quite interesting how life shapes you in, in very interesting ways. So you're, since you kind of blew past your first goal one of your other goals was to be the youngest um yeah to do the 195 un recognized countries and go to the moon Mm -hmm. because and go to the moon you can't leave that be out (laughs) 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 like i'm legit serious you think i'm joking i'm just like by the time i'm ready i'm sure there'll be like regular services that just you know just up to the moon um but yeah, I I um, very recently um, the first black female black person um, to visit one hundred and ninety five of the UN recognized um, countries. Um, I think she celebrated in her thirty thirty something birthday. Um, so I was like, I got a bit of time. I can do this. I can be the first female youngest black person to visit every country um but honestly to be honest I think we there's something I just kind of want to touch on in terms of like it's about time we kind of finish with the firsts of things as black people um it's nice but I just feel like in the new century there just needs to be more of acknowledgement I I I don't want to be seen I I I made that quote very recently like I don't want to just be acknowledged acknowledged because of my blackness but I want to be acknowledged because of my excellence as well um I think that's very important message to put out there that you know it's 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 nice to be put on a panel but I don't want to be put on a panel because I'm black you know I want to be there based on my own rights as my intelligence and my excellence so yeah it was just a 
side thought. <laughs> but yeah, I, w- I want to be the youngest black person. Yeah, I, 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 definitely, I definitely feel you on that, but like mm-hmm. black people have always been excellent. Like, you know, <laughs> no lie <laughs> <about> that. <laughs> black people have literally come back. Always, always been excellent. It is the acknowledgement mm-hmm. of that. We see how much of our history has been stolen from all mm-hmm. of us. Okay, where you come from, and how something else, either the origins of how something was invented, uh, was buried, or it was accredited to somebody else who didn't mm-hmm. deserve it. You mm-hmm. know. So, like, the, I, I think that that's part of the conversation as well. Is uh, we are putting a first to some things. And it's powerful in a way because we weren't able to put a first to things before mm-hmm. because they were some hate net. They were haters. They just wanted to labor, but so so like I I feel you, but like I don't know. I just feel like it just hasn't been that long. Like we mm. be sick of stuff. We haven't had a whole lot of time to really flex and shine and stretch and sparkle and all that stuff in our own right. Because we, it's, it's not us, right? It's not us pointing for mm-hmm. blackness. It's other people that that, that are. Mm, that's it. That's what I'm saying. They're centering themselves. So I feel you, but child, it's a, it's a process. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get there. <laughs> so you describe success as owning your story, as hmm. using it to connect with others authentically, living out your why every day, being free to live exactly as you are, as who you are. What what's your story? My story uh... It went as far back as I think my first diagnosis, I kind of touched on it um, earlier on, um, my first diagnosis of suffering from dyslexia, um, I was in A-levels back then, so um, I'm trying to see, I'm trying to put an age on it, so I was about 17. And being told that, you know, for the longest of time, my the way my brain works is a bit different from every other person. Um, and, you know, I would need a bit more time and a bit more patience in terms of, like, studying and stuff. And someone that, you know, connects with words, it was almost devastating that words did not like me, but I was so much in love with them. Um, so I was a library geek. I, I enjoyed taking out books from the library and all of that stuff. But... When it came to actually translating, you know, words into into on paper, I would mix up words, I would jumble them up together. It just it just did not make any sense, really. Um, so being told from that age that you know my choices, you know, I couldn't really study, you know, things that were too complicated like science and stuff, or I couldn't. Um, was it called? I couldn't do certain things or I had to rely on people. Um, that that took a big knock in terms of like confidence and stuff. But I've kind of like changed that script on myself because the story which you tell yourself is kind of 
the person you kind of belong. So for the long, that's kind of the narrative I was carrying along, or so along for a very long time. But to be honest, dyslexia is not something that limits you. Instead, it makes you think about the world in a very different way. And I probably own all my traveling to dyslexia because I just see things very different in terms of perspective to a lot of people that that I interact with. Um, The world is not so scary for me. Like people really go, you know, you go to, you know, Syria or Iraq or Afghanistan. I'm like, honestly, if there's a mission to it, I would like. You know, I'm willing to go to the moon. I'm not kidding about this stuff when I say it. Um, I don't know where that bravery came from, but I think it's just from being constantly told you can't and me breaking those barriers. Like I'm currently studying science, the same science I was told I couldn't do. You know, I'm currently, okay, I might not be able to write a good enough blog post, but I, I, I might condense that to like an Instagram post or do podcasts like this. Okay, I cannot write, but I can speak. Um, you know, there's just ways around this stuff. And my story is that your story is what you determine it to be. And Oprah said something one time that, you know, she's kind of living her best life so that when people look at her, they're inspired to leave theirs. And I think that's kind of what I want people to see when they see me is never self glorification It's always been, if Pulumi can do this with all these obstacles that she f- faced, then I can, I can, I really can push through this. Um, so it's a story of hope, it's a story of of the willingness to give it one more try. Um, each time I get knocked down, I just, you know, I brace it up. I've got friends, like, how do you keep doing this stuff? Like, I'm just like, what do you want me to do? Just sit here and cry? Like, you gotta, you gotta get up and get it moving. Um, so yeah, I think that's my story. It's a story of, of not always winning, but always always, always trying at least one more time. So, yeah. That was something that you shared about yourself. You said that, I think there's five random things about you. You said you're a great listener. Mm-hmm. You have infectious laughter. <laughs> uh, you're not just outgoing, but ridiculously outgoing. Yeah. Uh, you never give up. And you are desperate for change. Hmm. So that very much describes that story. <laughs> I think yeah. you are... A, Sagittarius? No. No. No, I'm not. I'm Capricorn? Yeah. They moved it all up, so I don't know now. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. It's like a new one. I'm like, what? (laughs) I I think it's a Capricorn. I'm not really big on um, star signs, but yeah. No, I don't know why I said that. I know nothing about. (laughs) <laughs> whatsoever. you know there's one of those people that go oh wait wait no we're not compacted with that's it <laughs> and then we've been having a good time all along what? <laughs> like, yeah let's keep coming to this thing neither one of us knows it <laughs> exactly like we're just we're just um, there's something beautiful that you wrote and i'm gonna take my time to read through this you said oh before i do that okay. i want to mention there's a poet that you big up constantly. She's only 24. She's a Londoner, um, Miriam Kay. And you have a lot of her poetry in yeah. your posts. And I just think that's really beautiful to hype someone up that is good, A, but like, it's, she's totally accessible. She's just like, you know, a regular person. <laughs> it's not like a Toni Morrison. Or, oh, no. Mar- Miriam is. Miriam is my best 
also best friend, my best buddy. Um, she's my chief editor. She's my second half of my degree. <laughs> she's read almost every single essay I've had to submit and every job application and everything. Um, I think as a dyslexic, you need that person. Like I am so grateful to have her in my life. And the only sad thing is she doesn't just, she does not realize how good she is with her words. Our words are so beautiful. And I'm just like, how do you do it? So right now I'm trying to convince her to, to release like a poetry book because she got loads of poems and she, she just expresses things I could never be able to. Like our words just hit the, the nail around the head and, yeah, so yeah, Miriam Kagbo, she's amazing. Like she's actually the best. <laughs> oh, her last name is Kagbo. C A R G B O. One of my Kagbo, best yeah. friends. Uh, yeah. Uh, her last name is Kagbo. But uh, yeah. look at that, Sierra Ronian. She she was also a yeah. Kagbo. She's from Sierra Leone as well. That's okay. <laughs> okay, so your words though. <laughs> Uh, you said you are you are more than the number of followers. <laughs> you you are more than the number of followers you have. Mm. You are worthy of true connection in the real and not in the perfect. You are more than what you do, and more most important, you are unique mm. and have special gifts that only you possess. Show that to the world. I I love the whole thing, but I love how you said mm. you are worthy of true connection in the real and not in the perfect. That's really gorgeous. What inspired you? I don't know if you remember mm. writing that, but what do you, do you recall? What where what the inspiration was for that? Um, I'm trying to remember what phase of life I was in when I wrote that. I think in terms of in the role, I feel very much like I was trying to explain earlier on in terms of really very passive lives like it's it's just the way it is like you know we kind of you know we go to work we do nine to five we come home we try to do the side hustle and day by day we just kind of live in this almost like um what's it called is it a rat race or something where you're just like on the go constantly so i i was just trying to say that sometimes you just gotta pause and just be present and be there and the realness of things and the realization that we should just stop comparing um, people's well-curated highlights life to our mundane everyday being. Um, I think it's kind of like a trap we all fall into and just realizing that we are all imperfect. We all, you know, crave the same thing, desire, love, you know, um, to be good and all of that. So just being content with who you are and content with your journey and content with the process. Um, I think everybody kind of just kind of shared their success stories, but very few share the journey to get there. And I think that's where the beauty lies. It lies in the everyday. It lies in the in the in the real. Really, that's uh, I think that's the best way I can describe it. But it's just being human, really. Just being human. I talk about that every now and then about the hero's journey. Everyone. One that I only had two cents and a bread sandwich, but now I'm a millionaire. Let me show you how to get there. Exactly. That type of thing. Um, they mm. don't talk about 
that other stuff. But I also find that, I don't know, I, it's the human psychology thing, right? I think that people do that because that's what works. That's what gets attention. Because if you do share the other stuff, I don't know that it works as well. Like, there are some viral tweets, for example, about, like, being depressed or anxious. Um, but there's something about people wanting to hope and believe in not existing as they are. I think people can be a little too realistic mm. in that they hope that mm. their lives can change and so they settle a bit. Those are just like some thoughts that I have on, on why people don't share that grit um, about the insecurities, about the imposter syndrome, about feeling like a failure or actually failing. <laughs> you know, yeah, mm, yeah. that's the big one actually failing of and course. we all do it we all fail of course <laughs> but i just don't know mm. that people hear that i don't know that they want to commiserate i think right now i think personally i think it's it's two things it's it's one sometimes you do have to let's say you're doing a big project i think I'm always, always trying to find this fine line of, you know, you've committed so much resources, time and stuff, and you've had to call it quit. I think sometimes people even put too much pressure on themselves, you know, what will people think? Some people go through career studies that they fully well known that they have no desire to do, but because of, you know, the pressure of what people think, you know, I've put so much, I've invested, they find it hard to cut their loss. And another thing is sometimes people pull it, pull out the, the, pull out of it too quickly and they don't actually are able to commit to it. Um, so in terms of like failure and, you know, owning, owning the journey, I think until we start mentioning it and, you know, I think the big words right now floating around is authenticity, but it's not even a thing that needs to be said or, you know, curated. Now people are curating authenticity. And I'm just like, what? <laughs> like this stuff should just freely flow out of you. It's just the daily, daily challenges, the daily everything. So, yeah, I think it's just, you know, just sharing your everyday process, you know, like, Today, I really don't want to get out of bed, <laughs> but, you know, I got to do it. So I think it's just, you know, not being too perfect in telling the story, but actually showing the human side of you. And you are right. I think, you know, the fear of failure, the fear of, you know, saying I actually failed, um, it's, it's, it is scary. And some people just try to avoid it. And yeah. But it's like uh, maybe like a lot of things we don't have the practice and the language to share. Like uh, death in a lot of cultures, you know, it's gonna happen, but not a lot of time. Not a lot of people spend time talking about it. Um, yeah. So I don't know. I think it's just interesting to me yeah. <laughs> the way that <laughs> we and how social media has impacted that. Um, mm. Like you said, curating authenticity. Like it's all just very interesting. It's all very interesting, and I think so. Much, I, I think there'll be a lot of research into the long-term effect 
of like social media and I think we're the first set of guinea pigs in terms of like generational use of it. Um, I think the the next coming generation even have it worse than we we currently have because they've been immersed in it right from, at least we still had that, you know, I'm talking for myself, I still had a bit of a childhood, um, but I know babies that are already looking at, you know, tablets at three and four and not joking, you know. Um, but I think it's just kind of like, um, it would be interesting to see what, how that plays out in the long term of things. And yeah, it's very so interesting be, what we live in. To be quote unquote old, to be like, I remember whenever Instagram mm-hmm. shows life, you know, like, <laughs> like that. Exactly. Well, yeah. Wow. We will be saying that, wouldn't we? <laughs> like back in my time, everyone knew exactly how much like you had. Yeah. <laughs> oh, so funny. Yeah. oh my, we're getting old. <laughs> so let me ask you, Kalini, as you embraced your desire to travel, what was your response like from your friends and family that are closest to you. Uh, you talk about having to get permission a lot in your life for having another set of eyes. So what was that like? <laughs> um, I still find it quite hilarious when my parents, this actually happened when I was, I did a whole West Africa um, trip and you would think as a frequent traveler, they would you know, have a certain reassurance that I can take care of myself. Um, but I think I, I just, I was coming back from Benin Republic is like the, um, crossing border from, from Nigeria and my phone died or something. So I told them that, you know, I, before I got in the taxi, I, you know, told them the tax information and I was like, okay, I'll be there like in an hour or so. Um, but I think I got there like an hour, 30 minutes. So those is 30 minutes of, I plugged in my, I came in and everyone was so quiet, like, I noticed that was going on. They're like, you you say you're going to come an hour ago, you know, you're 30 minutes. And I'm just like, it's just 30 minutes. I'm okay. Like, there's nothing wrong. And I went to my room, charged up my phone, and I just saw all their messages. Are you okay? What's wrong? You're not replying. You say you're back. Blah, blah, blah. So I think they still have that concern. Um, they are very much supportive of it. Don't get me wrong. Um, but the concern is always still there, especially when I'm visiting some certain countries. I think within Europe, they don't really care. But when I'm starting to make like a very long distance, you know, travel, like to Australia, for example, um, they're just like, you know, who do you know there? What are you going to do there? What's, you know, that kind of thing. But hey, I'm the only, you know, I'm the, I'm the baby girl. I'm the only female in my family. So um, I get their concern. <laughs> but I'm just like, you know what? I can't just sit at home and be all up in my feelings i just i need to get out there um <laughs> but yeah they're, they're, super supportive. they're super supportive not all of their feelings <laughs> do you think that being a black woman has impacted how you travel it should but it hasn't um i've gone to places whereby it's just like i've been there for days and not seen another black person um Random example, San Marino. I was there for a couple of days. Um, no black person. Um, so it's like, it, it's interesting. I get different response. Um, <laughs> some some things. I'm, some people think I'm a celebrity. Like they literally think I'm I'm a celeb statue kind of person. A lot of people just don't go to a certain place just because of this the way they they look. Um, 
just because they're scared of, you know, any kind of racism or stuff like that. But I don't know, like I said, I've been blessed with not having fear, you know, visiting these places because I, I automatically, and I just finished reading a book. Um, I'm going to try and find the name, but I kind of fall into that category whereby I automatically just believe that the good will be what I find in places or in people. Um, so I try not to have that neg- negative um, perspective. So I've been in places where I've been there for two, three days, for example, San Marino, and I literally was the only black person that I could visibly see, you know, when I go to restaurants and stuff like that, or like any public sighting, like I, I literally did not see any black person. Um, so it, it's it's not weird for me. Like, I don't know. It's very odd not to say I don't see color because I do, um, but I just don't see it as something to stop me from going because it's just like, mm, as long as the people are not going to hurt me or do anything to harm me, then it's just like, yeah. But most time I'm, I, I do live in a little bubble. I, I remember traveling with people and they're just like, oh, do you see the way that guy looked at you? And I'm like, what? What guy? <laughs> so that might be my special talent. I just don't, I just don't notice yeah you know yeah. this passive aggression and people talk about i'm just like maybe just having a bad day i think i kind of attribute everything maybe i make excuse for people i'm not sure but i kind of attribute things to just the daily stuff rather than just pulling out the race card straight away um it does happen races does happen i have been physically told um you know i remember one of probably my most racist no racist experience but one of my most recent one was i went to um, Croatia and um, it was during the World Cup so everyone was you know in a very jolly mood you know cars were honking everyone was in a good vibe I was like you know I can't go to bed let me actually you know go to the city and explore went to a couple of bars had a good time came back I saw a lady on the on the on the sideway fully drunk I think almost you know choking on her home vomit and my you know quick medical, whatever, kind of kicked in. And I quickly put her in um, recovery position and, you know, she started throwing up and, you know, she was all right. I tried to kind of get some information from her, called a friend. She was like a few minutes away. So she was coming to get her. As you know, I was just making sure she was all right, whatever. Um, she turns to me and go, oh, um, what's, what's your name? And before I could open my mouth, she just kind of like slurred, like, is it Blackie? And I swear to God, like <laughs> the word kind of like stop rotating and I'm not going to say I was a good Bitch. person at that point. Like <laughs> I wanted to scoop up that vomit and shove it down her throat. Yes, I like to yes, deep breath. <laughs> I would not say I, it did not cross my mind because it damn did. So like this kind of things annoys you. And I think it annoyed me more because I cannot put myself in that situation. Like, you know, some things happen to you because you it, it does. They come for you. But the moment you kind of put yourself in that situation, it's like, I could have just had a really good evening, gone to bed, and none of this would have happened. But no, I had to be the savior of everyone. Um, but yeah, I think you shouldn't allow those things change who you are as a person, and these kind of things will happen. And funny enough, it wasn't by a local Croatian person. It was by a Brit that went out there to have fun too as well. So 
I always say in terms of like racism and stuff, sometimes never the people that you go to visit, it's all the tourists that you also go there and everything like that. So I just like, wait calmly. The friend came. I just kind of, you know, said my goodbyes and everything like that. But, you know, you do face this kind of situation. And if I see another person on the street drunk and, you know, about to choke on their own vomit, will I help? <laughs> of course I will, you know. Have I think, you know, you know, with caution and probably introduce myself first. <laughs> like, my name is Felumi, just in case you have any other ideas. Um, <laughs> but yeah, um, it does happen. I'm not going to lie, but it's, it's just the way you kind of process that and internalize it and just realize it's not to do with me, rather the person's upbringing and, you know, what they've chosen to be their own belief system. Absolutely nothing to do with me. So, I mean, I guess. Yeah. I would have told her, um, her little friend, a, a couple things or two. Listen, when this hoe comes to, <laughs> you let her know. The little <laughs> model, her little Nazi was showing. You let her know. <laughs> I would have wrote her a cute little sassy note. <laughs> put it in her pocket. I'm ready to show you called me. Because you don't know what could have happened to that girl. Listen, I watch special victims unit and law and order where people are raped on the daily. Like anything exactly. could happen to that girl exactly. out on the street by herself, mm-hmm. looking stupid. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Look at you mm-hmm. on the high road. <laughs> <laughs> you know. You know, I, I gotta see the high rocks. Like, I, I just gotta know, not let me put me down. <laughs> but the interesting thing to me is whenever I ask that question, uh, I think the ladies think I'm fishing for like racist stories because I ask mm. what, your, what your experience as a black woman doubling it is. And that's generally where everyone goes. But like, you could also be treated really well. Which some people are. Oh yeah, celebrity status. That's I kind of mentioned that. Like I go to places and they think I'm a celebrity. Um, you know, I think some people it gets quite annoying. I remember I went to Kosovo, and you know, it's cute one two people, but when you're trying to have lunch and you got like almost a queue of people trying to take pictures with you, um, I get the annoyance that comes with that. So, you know, just start, just start, start charging them, you know, $5 dollars <laughs> per picture. <laughs> like, listen, if you can make some, money, make some money. Take pictures, and then I'm out. Thank you. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> no more picture, you know, celebrity status right there. Um, but yeah, I, I think, I think the conversation goes towards negative experience, like you, you pointed out, because it's kind of, it happens, you know, and I try to tell people just because my page is oozes, try to ooze out positivities when it comes to travel doesn't mean the negative doesn't happen. You know, I've, I've gone to places, you know, I was in Siberia and literally almost got pickpocketed. But again, it, as someone was trying to pickpocket me, another local raised an alarm. Like I, she just literally screamed and I was just like, what the heck is going on? And, you know, the pickpocketers kind of ran away and she came up to me and she's like, you just almost got your money stolen from you. And I could literally see they've unzipped my bag and everything. So, you know, the same, there's always contradiction. There's always, you know, negative seem to, and and that's kind of my mission. I think in the black space, as well as the black travel space, they seem to be the portrait of, you know, safety as a black woman, you know, 
how not to get hurt and all of that stuff that it just seems to be one side of the coin that's constantly being shown. And I always try to always show the other side. So I, I, I did mention Maris's experience because I think some people just think, oh my gosh, she oozes negativity and um, positivity all the time. That's not the situation. I do go through this negative experience, but I feel like everyone's talking about it. Let me at least tell the other narrative because those are very important to us as well. And those will encourage people to actually go out there rather than just being like, you know what? I ain't going. I'm not going anywhere. <laughs> but yeah. But do you think that people who do discuss it, that that's the only thing they discuss? I feel so, honestly. Like, I, I, I think we live in the age where controversy sells. It's, it rattles people. It makes them want to comment, want to engage, want to share their stories and everything like that. It kind of, you know, it's like, it's like a scab, you know, you keep peeling on it and it keeps bleeding all the time. So I feel like, you know, some unconsciously, some people just feel they need to constantly keep telling that narrative, which um, can be quite, you know, dangerous in a very weird way. I don't think they intentionally do it. Just like, hey, look at me. I got, I got a racist experience because generally they probably have. So we can never take that away from them. Um, but I feel you see more negative than positive. Honestly, you do see more negative. Hmm. Because, like, I don't know, I follow, well, it's mostly women, but, I mean, it's all women. <laughs> like, on uh, Instagram, uh, and the Facebook group that I run. Like, it's all women, and I don't ever hear Pete. Um, there's one lady that was talking about uh, a situation that happened. But that, like, it, it had just happened, and it wasn't like it was part of her feed of talking about all the negative experiences that she had when she traveled. So I don't really see it as like an alarm, but I guess it just depends mm. on like the circles that you're, you know. That's that's exactly what I was gonna say. Maybe I got I gotta change my 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 space. <laughs> no, I, I think maybe because maybe because it's important. I was gonna say maybe because it's important to me. So when I do see that story, I kind of like zoning. As I said, it's very easy to passively like I, you know I'm having falling the victim of you know, as I said, um, what's it called? Controversy sells. I might have fallen victim of that whereby I just kind of pay attention to what everyone is kind of like retweeting and stuff like that, um, that I may have missed out on the bigger picture. So I do definitely need to go back to it. And it's very easy to, you know, sometimes you're portraying a message and you don't even realize you've kind of fallen short of that same message you're kind of trying to preach. Um, so, yeah, I think is 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 definitely... I have seen positive experience being shared. Don't get me wrong. Um, but I just feel like the one that seems to be amplified, I think that's probably the word, um, are those negative ones. Maybe. I don't know. Well, you know. <laughs> um, I wanted to ask as well, do you have any hobbies or interests that aren't necessarily about money? Like I know you're a huge reader. I think you also uh, keep a diary. I journal. I try to journal every day. Um, I think it's a good way to just kind of put things in perspective, especially when you go back and you kind of like, you know, when I'm speaking about the journey process and you're like, oh, wow, I really struggled with that. And now um, I'm doing this. So I think, you know, there's this saying or this, you know, 
quotes going all over our social about how sometimes we are living in the things that we prayed for and we don't even realize it. We're always kind of looking forward to the next thing. So if I look at my last year journals and I'm thinking about, you know, how I want to travel to this certain amount of countries or I want to have these experiences, and I've actually done them, but I didn't even realize how much I desire to do them until I've kind of gone through it and it just kind of increased. I think gratitude is definitely a big one, just kind of like, um, giving thanks for, for, for the journey so far. Um, travel. I, I always tell people before I started travel, before I started um, reading, sorry, before I started traveling, I, I was a big, I am still a big fan of reading. I love psychological, anything to do with how the people think. Um, I, I thought at one point I was going to be in neuroscience because the brain just fascinated me and just, how people do what they do. I think humans are so complex and relationships. And I think a lot of times a lot of focus is for, is put on the romantic relationship, but growing up, I've just thinking adult friendship is so seems to be so much more complicated than relationship. Like, you know, and I think in, 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 in the world we live in, we tend to have a lot more friends than we should or are designed to, um, or we are quick to say someone is my friend. I think that's the word. I think we don't use the word acquaintance. I don't even know how to say it because I don't use it that often. Um, <laughs> so often um, because it's like, you know, you meet someone on socials, they have one or two interactions. Oh, they're my friend. And now you, you know, you have to check on them on bed days and everything and all of that stuff. And I think we put a lot of pressure on ourselves in that way. Um but yeah, I'm diverting, um, bringing it back <laughs> home in terms of like hobby. It is to do with, <laughs> it is to do with money. Um, but I, I think I'm not in it for the money. Hence the reason I'm quite good at it. I'm, I'm a, another thing I do sometimes during the weekend is sales. Um, but it's not about the sales. It's about the interaction with the people. So well, sometimes I work in the beauty industry as well. So in sales, I sell like straighteners, curlers, um, beauty kind of things. And it's just kind of, um, it's funny how, I don't know if it's the, the, it's just like the salon conversation, you know, it goes to the salon and you kind of open up to your stylist. I don't know if it's the process of someone touching your hair. Um, you just kind of feel calm and relaxed about it, but I've got like people like, you know, clients kind of open up to me, you know, some woman, you know, was talking about a divorce, um, case coming up. Um, some people talk about their family's relationship. So I think it's more of the interaction. I really love that. I love human contact. I love, you know, having that conversation about people's process and people's journeys and how they're navigating this world or this, you know, the life in which they're, they're living. Um, so I think that's a big hobby of mine and just trying new stuff. I think that's my, one of my biggest hobbies. Just if I haven't tried it before, I probably want to try it. So, you know, I got a lot of crazy stuff on my bucket list. I just want to try new stuff. <laughs> I mean, you're not alone, so I'm sure that they are. <laughs> exactly. Like, come on. <laughs> I'm probably, that's not the craziest. Oh, like, I don't think I can say the craziest out loud. <laughs> um, how do you like to explore a new place when you're traveling? Um, I try to go with a plan, but not make it strict. So I get there. Um, probably the first person I have a conversation with is like the, I don't know, hotel concierge service. I'm very big on having conversation with people that people tend to ignore because you have the best conversation with those people. Like they tell you the best places to eat, the best tips, things like that. Um, I usually go for like a walking tour. I love a good walking tour. First of all, it keeps you fit because like a two hours walking all around. Um, and second, again, you're able to meet new people. 
Um, I'm very much on culturally immersive experiences. Like, I don't want to, I, I love a good picture for the gram. Ain't going to lie. Like, you know, um, but I don't, I don't go to places to just kind of tick places. Oh, I've been there, I've been there. I kind of like, you know, go with the flow, see what, see where places lead me. I kind of just, yeah, free flow, really. That's kind of the best way to explain it. You are also a uh, timer uh, advocate. So you love using the, the timer on your phone to take photos of yourself. <laughs> oh, oh yeah. yeah. I, I, I was sick of people making excuses of, um, oh, I'm going somewhere solo, so I can't take great pictures. Like, what? What, 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 who told you that? We're going to change that narrative. So, as I said, very big on, very, very big on changing narratives. So, yeah, um, I was just like, you know what? I'm going to really master this for myself and then kind of share that knowledge with people. I hate when people hold knowledge. It's just like, what are you going to do with it? Just share with people. Um, so I've done like lots of series of my stories, I literally showing people step by step how to take pictures, how to position the angles, you know, how I think that's one of my recent posts, how to best get the best travel um, pictures and what to invest in and all of that stuff. So yeah, self-timer is one big one. And people say, oh, just get like a, what's that thing called? Um, a remote whereby you can kind of like hide it, but like you can take pic- like several, you don't have to keep running back and forth. But what's the fun in that? Like that's part of the fitness bit. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I love the 10 second timer. Just put it on, run to the position, take the lovely pictures. And yeah, I'm, I'm big on that. Do you mind sharing your self-care practices? Um, ooh, self-care has kind of gone around a, a, a while now. I'll say... What's my one self-care practice? I've got a few. Um, I take naps. <laughs> you, you, Yeah. My big ass age, I take naps. I think that's very important. Um, I'm able to, I'm a night owl slash, my, my time schedule is just weird. So I try to get, you know, as much sleep as possible. Um, so I'm probably sleeping like, I don't know, four or five hours in the, in the morning. And then during the day, I, I catch a one or two hours nap on a good day. Um, which is good for me. It's good. I'm able to like, you know, juggle everything. Um, I journal, like I said, I, I make time to have conversations with friends. Um, so like if I have like a long journey, so if I'm going, you know, from my house to the airport, usually like an hour drive or something, I take that time because even though I'm driving, I can always be on the Bluetooth and stuff. So I take that time to just catch up with family and friends and stuff like that. So just check up on loved ones around you because, you know, life is short, like they say, but sometimes it's really short. Um, so I I try to just, you know, do things that make me happy, um, like genuinely happy, not just, you know, Instagram happy. Um, so, yeah, I just kind of like try new experiences. Um, yeah. A good Netflix and chill session as well, at least once a week. Like, to catch up on all my favorite shows. I love all medical kind of drama. Um, but yeah, I'm 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 big on self care. Just anything that makes me happy, really. Do you find any of those practices in particular grounding? Um, journaling. Journaling is definitely grounding for me because it's just like okay, I wake up, I do my um morning routine, and journaling is one of them. Um. I think it's just, as I said earlier on, it shows you the process in which you, where you started from and it increases your gratitude. And I think a life filled with gratitude is just, it's nice. It's, it means you're making progress in the, in the right direction. 
Um, so yeah, I think I'm I'm very big on journaling, and I think if if it's something you want to implement for the new year, I definitely encourage anyone listening to do so. Do you have any song lyrics or poems that speak to you these days? Mm, I'm trying to think of this one I have by my workbench. I'm trying to remember exactly word for word what it says, but it's almost something like, you know, at all time I have within me my full potential. Um, And that's a very big one for me. Um, And I I think I spoke about it in one of my posts in terms of like the the rose story, whereby, you know, when you get a seed of rose, you never go, oh, you know, this seed ain't pretty. You kind of, you know, you put in a little of sand, you nature it, even though when it start blooming, it's a bit fragile, ain't that great looking. Um, you still kind of take care of it, kind of tender to it, until it actually becomes, you know, this full, you know, bouquet of roses and stuff like that. And I think it's very, as, as I said, I'm very big on the journey process. I'm very big on celebrating the seed, on celebrating the blossoming, on celebrating the fragility, on celebrating the full-grown, beautiful you know, buds of rose. So yeah, um, that kind of one always stay by me that at each, I try to look at life as phases and stages and not just, you know, think of life as one highlight, if that makes sense. So like, you know, just saying that, you know, this is a stage, this is a season, you know, what it is, it has lessons to be learned and, you know, things to do in that period. Um, so yeah. And in terms of song, I really like this song. It's called I'm No Longer a Slave to Fear. Um, I'm trying to remember who sang it. It's a gospel song. And I think it just speaks to me in the terms of like the lyrics and stuff like that. Um, it's by Bethel Music. And it's just like very, very encouraging, very, very motivational. When I'm having a bad day, kind of like, you know, it's a good workout song as well. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I I, I, <laughs> I love when the song is like quite multi-versatile. multi, multi versatile. You know, you're able to use it for different purposes. So it's a good cry song, good workout song, good, oh my God, I just need to get through the day song. Um, but yeah, it's called I'm No Longer a Slave to Fear. Exactly. It ticks all the boxes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So I will put that in the show notes. Pulumi, is there a specific way that people can support your work? So, like, if you have a particular post that you want some love on or what have you? Yeah, um, just um, find me on Instagram. I, I hope the page inspires you. The whole point there is to make it as warm and welcoming. It's almost like a safe place for the tribe to just, like, meet up and I, I love it when people just go off on each other in the comment section. Like sometimes I don't even need to be there and people are like responding to each other. And that's, that's just so special for me. Um, on Instagram, I'm known as black.kintsugi. Um, so that's black as the color, um, full stop. And then kintsugi. Um, I don't know if you want me to spell it out for you, but I'll just do that. So that's K-I-N-T-S-U-G-I. And on Instagram, on Twitter, I just joined Twitter and I'm, I'm loving it. Like um, <laughs> on Twitter, I'm known as PhD underscore fly girl. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm on Twitter as well. I tweet about all things travels and just ways to make traveling safe, easy, 
and doable. So that's kind of like my goal for both platform. Um, and yeah, I am on other people's podcasts. I kind of share the links um, and just on my website, www.blackkinsugi.com. But yeah, thanks for the support. <laughs> Absolutely. Thank you for sharing so very much. Yeah, it's been such a pleasure. Thank you very much for being so open and sharing your ideas. I just knew it was going to be such a delicious conversation. <laughs> you just are very thoughtful uh, in your approach. And yeah, my pleasure. <laughs> Thank you again. You have a gorgeous Thank you day so much. there in London. Wait, you are in London? <laughs> yes, I am. Thank you for having me, honestly. I feel... I feel the conversation was needed. I feel it was timely. And yeah, it's it's great to be on the platform. I really do appreciate it. <laughs> Thank you. My pleasure. Yes. Well, you have yourself a gorgeous day, Palumi. I will. Have a good one. All right. Thank you. <laughs> Take Bye. Barum, ah, um, barum.